a couple of days before Biden unveils his package. The that's that's COVID- a terrible image you've just implied in my mind. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You've been traumatized again. First by okay. Susan Sarandon and now by me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Banter Podcast, episode 44. This is your host, Ben Kerr. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Luciano. Mike, my friend, how are you? Ben, I'm fine. The question this week isn't, how am I? It's, how are you? Because I saw you got ratioed on Twitter. Uh, how are you doing? R- ratioed is not the right word. I've been ratioed. I've been trolled. I've been spammed. I've been abused. I've been, I mean, it's been bad. At the risk of, of having you re-experience this trauma, why don't you tell us about it if you can bring yourself to? So, I'm, he- I'm here for you, Ben. So I follow Susan Sarandon on Twitter because I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, Susan Sarandon, as many of our listeners will know, is a chief celebrity surrogate of uh, of um, the hallowed saint who is Bernie Sanders. And um, anyway, I uh, I follow her on Twitter. She tweeted something that um, Biden had lied about the stimulus check because it was fourteen hundred rather than two thousand dollars. I responded by saying, for, you know, fourteen hundred six hundred plus fourteen hundred equals two thousand, which is what I had always thought the stimulus was going to be. I think I thought that Joe Biden had been fairly clear that uh, this the six hundred dollars that was part of that came last month. Um, Biden had called that a down payment on a bigger check on on a bigger uh, payment for two thousand, not a specific check, but a payment of two thousand dollars. And I thought Biden had made that clear. So I thought that you know I was just sort of poking, not poking fun, but saying, you know, look, calm down. Uh, he said this. This is what he'd said. Uh, six hundred plus fourteen hundred is two thousand dollars. Not thinking for one moment that Susan Sarandon would bother bother replying to someone as lowly as me. I mean, I've I've got five thousand followers on Twitter, which is not exactly a huge amount. Uh, so anyway, unfortunately, unfortunately, Sarandon did start engaging with me on Twitter. So we went back and forth. You know, she said Biden's a liar, and and I conceded. I said, okay. Susan, you win. Joe Biden is a liar. The Democrats are evil, and uh, you win. Uh, and I, and I have been just—it's been ridiculous. I've had to mute. I had to click on. I had to go on Twitter and mute dozens and dozens of threads uh, with her fans abusing me. Uh, mostly Rose Twitter. So for those of you who don't know, that people who have a that socialist Twitter, if you have a Rose on your profile, um, it means you're part of um, uh, socialist Twitter. Uh, and there are lots and lots and lots of these people, and their fans are extremely militant. The Rose Twitter mob are fanatics. And anyway, I've had, yes, it's been going on for over a day now. And, uh, I've already conceded to Susan Sarandon. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure more what they, what, what they want from me, but I, I wanted to stop because uh, it's quite irritating now. Well, I'm sorry about two things. I'm sorry that happened to you. I'm also sorry that I have to inform you that as loopy as Susan Sarandon is, I actually agree with her on this one. You should not have been treated the way you were treated, <laughs> but I think Susan Sarandon had a point on this one. Where, where to begin for, with this? First of all, I think Biden is by and large doing a good job, but I think, and I didn't say anything at the time when we, when we went through his COVID relief plan, 
like two weeks ago. We listed all the things that were in his COVID relief plan. And I didn't say anything about the $1,400 checks because I didn't want to jump all, all over Joe Biden because he had been, I don't even know if he had been sworn in yet. Or if he had been, he had been he had been president for like five minutes. So I didn't want to get all over him for this. But now that there's an increasing openness among White House and Democrats about means testing the fourteen hundred dollars now, now I'm just going to go all in. I'm going to lean into this and say Joe Biden said people would get two thousand dollar checks when he was campaigning for Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff in the Georgia runoffs. And those two guys campaigned on $2,000 checks. Biden said this multiple times. But by the time he unveils his COVID plan, it's down to $1,400. And I understand what you're saying about the $600. But as far as I can tell, at no point did Biden say it would be $2,000 total when you include the $600 from December. I just don't see any any evidence of that. So I, I I thought that this was fairly clear. I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's, it may be because I follow this stuff very closely. Uh, so I oh so I'm so, so so I'm not paying attention. So therefore, <laughs> no no. But you know, it, I I follow the sort of negotiations and what was happening. Was it up? Was it down? Quite carefully, and and I had thought that it was quite clear that if you listen to Biden talk about it, that they were not happy about the uh, the $900 billion stimulus package that passed in December at all. Um, and basically they had sort of uh, accepted that that's what they had to do in the short term while Trump was still president, but it wasn't, it wasn't enough. So, and I had thought that Biden had wanted to, that was clear that he was calling it a down payment. Um, he'd called the bill a down payment. He said, it's not, it's not enough. Um, it, you know, uh, it, there needs to be more. And that he was he promised a total of 2000 and that that was included in the, the original 600 was as he called it a down payment. And he said this multiple times. So I just, but I will also, con- I do concede that he, he, that has gone he in other interviews in in other places he talked about a two thousand dollar stimulus check and I think that Warnock or although I can't I don't remember whether it was check or payment right because the, the I think the wording there is 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 certainly uh, important there that you know did he say check or did he say payment um, and also yeah I think that maybe the messaging was not right. You know, like call it what it is. It's a. It's going to be a fourteen hundred dollar payment check. It'd be two thousand dollar payment, but you're going to get a fourteen hundred check, fourteen hundred dollar check, in combination with the other six hundred that the Democrats basically had to. You know, they bent over backwards to accommodate all the insane Republican demands, um, and it was a miracle that even that one got 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 passed. Uh, that I mean, that's how urgent the situation was. That that you know, they, the 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 Democrats um, even bothered agreeing to that because it was just ridiculous. So I'd always thought that that was the case. I can accept I can accept that the messaging was confused, but my perception of it was I didn't understand it. this thing started trending on Twitter that Biden lied, Biden lied, and from my, this is just my perspective. My perspective was that, but he's always been he he's never said anything. It wasn't a lie. He just he he's always said that. Um, so I was confused as to why everybody was getting so irate about it. But 
you know, I think perhaps more a more casual observer, uh, and I'm not including you in that. I obviously I know you pay attention to the stuff, but more casual observer might believe that yeah okay he's saying one thing and and doing something else which is i but i don't that's not the way that i i see it well count me among the casual observers quote unquote because i (laughs) look i looked into this i spent way too much time yesterday looking into what exactly biden had said about this issue and at no point did i come across any language like a $1,400 top-off, $2,000 total. I mean, he had called the $600 a down payment, but he didn't say it in the context of $2,000 overall. On December 16th, here's what Biden said about the then-upcoming $600 stimulus checks just as a, a deal was about to be struck in Congress. He said, quote, the stimulus package is encouraging. It looks like they are very, very close, and it looks like there's going to be direct cash payments. But it's a down payment, an important down payment on what's going to have to be done beginning the end of January into February, but it's very important to get it done. Now, here's a clip of Joe Biden campaigning for Warnock and Ossoff. I believe this is the day before their runoff. If you send John and the Reverend to Washington... Those $2,000 checks will go out the door, restoring hope and decency and honor for so many people. Okay, so $2,000 checks will go out the door. Then, a few days later, January 10th, Joe Biden tweeted, $600 is simply not enough when you have to choose between paying rent or putting food on the table. We need $2,000 stimulus checks. Now, it would seem to me when somebody says we need $2,000 stimulus checks and is in a position to deliver said $2,000 stimulus checks, they will look to deliver stimulus checks in the amount of $2,000 and not $1,400. Am I wrong here? I mean, look, you know, I I think that you can an article from the new york times here biden calling stimulus belief a stimulus bill a damn payment urges more relief uh and that was december that was that i'm not was, i'm not uh, disputing that ago. i'm not disputing that i mean you can you can call the six hundred dollars a down payment but at no point did he say yeah this this down payment uh this six hundred dollars is good and therefore instead of calling for two thousand dollar checks which is what i want we can lower it now to fourteen hundred dollars because we've already got six hundred dollars out the door passed by the other guy well he said so here we are this is a bit more yeah so i i I thought this was a standard line for democrats that this was this is what was going to happen that there was going to be. They got the six hundred dollars, but they were treating that as a down payment for a two for a, a total of a two thousand dollar payment. I agree that saying we want two thousand dollar stimulus checks could be confusing. I, I I do I I agree with that. But so I, I yeah I I never thought they were going to send out a six hundred dollar check and then a two thousand dollar stimulus check. And the reason why is because I'd quite like this money, you know. So I, at one point I was I you know I was thinking like. Is this going to be a six hundred? Am I going to get the six hundred dollars and the two thousand dollars stimulus check? So I checked it out, and I'd heard and I saw Biden and other Democrats saying that this six hundred was a down payment um, for a total of of what they'd hoped to be two thousand dollars. No, 
Show me the the, the $1,400 number anywhere in Democratic talking points before Biden's COVID relief plan that mentioned $1,400 came out. Okay, well, I'm going to need some time to look that one up. <laughs> okay, well, well, look, I'm looking at an article from the Washington Post from all the way back to January 6th. That's a month ago. First sentence, Democrats vowed Wednesday to rush $2,000 checks to Americans as quickly as possible as they clinched unified control of Washington with Senate wins in Georgia. Later on, one of the first things that I want to do when our new senators are seated is deliver $2,000 checks to the American families. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer told reporters Wednesday, Biden talking about Ossoff and Warnock winning. Their election will put an end to the block in Washington. That $2,000 stimulus check, that money will go out the door immediately. Biden's promise to enact $2,000 checks came despite a fierce debate among Democratic economists and lawmakers, blah, blah, blah. People need COVID relief. We ought to pass pass a $2,000 stimulus, Warnock said on Wednesday. So Warnock and Ossoff ran on this. Biden campaigned on this for them. Yes, Biden said the $600 was a down payment, but there is absolutely nothing about how that down payment would eat in to whatever plan he had. And the idea that, look, if if you want to say, Okay, look. Okay, so this was, in fact, this is an article that I read. This was, this was dated on January 13th, right? Um, and so I guess this is sort of a this is sort of a midpoint almost between the two of our positions, right? That this was an article on um, uh, Bankrate.com, right, which has had actually a lot of information about this about the stimulus and when it might happen. Because I've I've checked, I have you know this has obviously been important to almost every family in America. Like when these checks are coming, you know, we our our income, my family's income, has been hit badly. Um, during during the pandemic as well, so obviously, like we're, you know, th- this is going to help us. So here we are. Biden announced on Friday, so this was in uh, early January at some point. Uh, Biden announced on Friday that he's in the process of assembling a multi-trillion-dollar relief package that includes boosting direct stimulus payments to two thousand dollars, as well as extending unemployment insurance and sending money to hard-hit state and local governments. The price tag will be high, Biden said. We need to provide more immediate relief for families and businesses now. Well, the details are far from finished. Those remarks suggest that the next relief package may send Americans a two uh, a part two top-up payments worth fourteen hundred to round the six hundred stimulus checks up to a total of two thousand dollars. Um, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer reiterated in a January 12th letter that the Senate's first order of business under Democratic control would be pushing to increase direct payments to a total of $2,000. So that, that, that's where I got my information from. So I, that's I, the I trial my... balloon. So that, that, was the, that was the walking back of the $2,000. So they were, they were saying 2000 in early January, and then a couple of days before Biden unveils his package – the that's that's a terrible of- image you've just implied in my mind, <laughs> my friend. Sorry, sorry, you've been traumatized again. First by okay. Susan Sarandon and now by me. But so that's like now that the, they they were walking it back and and preparing Democrats. They were preparing voters for for whatever reason. For whatever reason, suddenly two thousand dollars became too much. And so then they start laying the groundwork that, oh, this is going to be a top off. So there definitely was a shift 
they went from $2,000 checks to it's actually going to be a top off. It's going to be $1,400. That's so I was genuinely confused as to why that's happening. This wasn't me. I'm not trying to stick up for Joe Biden or, or Warnock or Ossoff or the, the Democrats. I just genuinely thought that that was what was happening and that I, why were people getting upset about this? You know, I think that if you had the perception that you were going to get 600 and then 2000, then yes, like, I, you know, I can see why people would be pissed off. But that's not the perception that I had at all. Well, I, I think you're in a in a in a slim minority there because I don't want to beat a dead horse here. This will be the last thing I say about this aspect of it. But if that's what you're going to argue, that when Biden said two thousand dollars those times, he actually meant fourteen hundred without really giving any indication that it was going to be fourteen hundred, then that's worse than the alternative. The alternative is he really wanted two thousand dollar checks, which is what he said he wanted, but because of possible uh, behind the scene political pressures, he lowered it to fourteen hundred because he thought that's what he could get past. That is maybe a case that can be made. But what you're saying is, that Biden used deceptive language to make it look like he wanted $2,000 checks when really he meant he wanted $1,400 checks to bring the stimulus total for individuals to $2,000 since December. And by the way, those $600 stimulus checks in December, they were means tested. So if you made more than $75,000 in 2019, you got less than $600. You, and there was a scale on up to $100,000. And if you made more than $100,000, you got nothing. And now Biden is saying, well, this is a top off. Yeah, well, $1,400 would be a top off for some people, but not everyone. But now we're having the means testing conversation about the $1,400 checks. So he's gone from $2,000 checks to $1,400 checks to $1,400 checks to some people based on a means test that based on the one that's being floated, it would be stricter than the one that Trump signed into law for the $600 in December. Yeah, but it hasn't signed. He hasn't. He hasn't signed that. He hasn't signed up on it, and I don't think we know what's going to happen. Until oh, I, th- I think I think this means test is happening because you know, ten days ago. It looked like because we know they're going to pass this through budget reconciliation because they're not going to be able to get 10 Republican votes to bring it to 60 to to end debate on it. We know that it's going to go 5150 through budget reconciliation. And 10 days ago, it looked like the Democrats had all the votes they needed for this one point nine trillion dollar package. And it looked like it was going to happen. There was no indication that the Joe Manchins or the Kirsten Cinemas were going to vote against it. Then, out of nowhere, last week, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki indicates that the White House would be open to means testing the $1,400 checks. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, where is this coming from? It looks like you already have the votes. No one's making a stink about means testing in the Senate on the Democratic side, at least not to the extent that they'll vote against the thing. Why is the White House just volunteering that they're open to means testing. And then a couple of days later, we get a statement signed by eight or nine, quote unquote, moderate Democrats, the testers, the mansions, the cinemas, the Kellys saying they want to means test the the $1,400 checks. And it's like, all right, so what happened here? Like, did the White House just basically provide cover for these senators who didn't want to like come out in the first place and say, we need to means test these checks? 
Like it, it's mind blowing what's going on right now. Like, you know, talk about paring down this, the $1,400 stimulus for people who made over 50,000, right. And they want to phase it out totally for people who are making above 75,000. And this is based on 2019 tax returns. Okay. These are pre pandemic incomes we're dealing with. And that's what they're going to be based on. And from what I'm seeing is that, you know, they're going to be based on 2019, unless your 2020 return has already been filed by the time this relief gets passed into law. So it would seem the plan is to give people or not give people checks based on what they made in either 2019 or 2020, depending on whether you filed your tax return for this for 2020 by the time this legislation is enacted. And this is just such a stupid way to do things. Like if you're going to means test, just make the stimulus checks taxable so that when you go to file your 2021 return, if you make above a certain amount, whatever they put into the legislation, then you pay taxes on it or you don't pay taxes on it based on what you made in 2021. I think it's completely stupid to means test this based on 2019 tax return information or even 2020. I think this is just yet another example of Democrats negotiating against themselves. Like they, they had a bill and they, they just decided on their own just to water down their own bill. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I think there's a part of that. I think the Democrats, they, they love to do this to themselves. They love to negotiate with themselves. But they do. there are real considerations, right, that they have to you – know, they have to – they need to – they have an incredibly slim majority in the Senate, incredibly slim. And Joe Manchin, for example, is – Joe Manchin is, is an extremely difficult person to negotiate with, right? The guy is going to do what's in his interest to get reelected in West Virginia, Right, which is pure Trump land. It's like seventy percent Trump down in West Virginia. Right, Th- this guy is is you know how we got elected. I I don't understand. Right, so you know when you have such a slim majority, these bills um, are are much much harder to get. Uh, you know they can be scuppered by Joe Manchin says I don't like that. They have to listen to him. Right, they have to they have to, and he's he'd been. Saying, you know, he got annoyed that Kamala Harris went down to uh, to West Virginia and talked about, you know, the need to uh, need for the stimulus. And he said, well, no one talked to me about that. You know, so Joe Manchin wields whether the Democrats like it or not, whether Biden likes it or not, he wields an enormous amount of power over the Democrats right now. And, you know, also from Warnock, I mean, these guys barely got through in Georgia. Right. There was a historic turnout in Georgia by the Democrats, by African-Americans, uh, to, to elect um, uh, Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff against compl- two totally deranged Trump Republicans who were basically fucking insane. So, you know, Georgia is not, it, it's not California, right? It's not uh, New York. It's a, it's a, I don't know what color you would call it, deep purple, deep purpley red state, right? That, that um, you know, swung to Biden by a hair. It was a very, very, very difficult election, right? So I think that they have a lot of these considerations. When they're crafting legislation, they have to they have to make all these considerations. It was like Obama and the uh, and the healthcare bill. The, the public option got scuppered by blue dog Democrats, right? The Democrats and it wasn't because I think most Democrats would have loved to have put a public option in, but you had um you had Democrats in purple states uh, that basically couldn't go along with it, 
right, for fear of being tarnished by their opponents and losing their Senate seats. So uh, I think that they have an extremely difficult, they're governing by a majority, but barely, right? And they have to hold this majority. And I think what we're getting is pretty good. Can I make a counterpoint here? A couple of things. First of all, regarding the history, the, the public option was largely torpedoed by Joe Lieberman. Blue Dog Democrat, yes, uh, from a a state that had and has no chance of going red anytime soon. Second, Ossoff and Warnock won by a slim margin, yes, but they campaigned on $2,000 checks. They campaigned on $2,000 checks and not means-tested. They just said $2,000 checks for everyone if we get elected. Then they get elected. And now they're staring down the barrel of $1,400 means-tested checks. So that's that's not what they campaigned on, and it's not what Biden campaigned on for them when he stumped in Georgia. And as for Joe Manchin, like, yeah, I understand. You know, Manchin is a Democrat in a state that went for Trump by nearly 40 points twice. But are people in West Virginia really concerned about means testing? Stimulus checks that have already been lowered from 2000 to 1400. Like, is when Manchin's up for re election in 2024, is that going to be at the forefront of West Virginians' minds? The stimulus checks from three years ago weren't means tested enough? I, I, I don't see that being relevant in an election in West Virginia or really any election, you know, especially when the governor. Of that state, Jim Justice, who is a Republican, who used to be a Democrat up until 2017, he was on CNN last week, and he said something pretty remarkable. I mean, at the end of the day, really and truly, Poppy, what we need to do is we need to we need to understand that trying to be, per se, fiscally responsible at this point in time with what we've got going on in this country, if we actually throw away some money right now, so what? We have really got to move and get people taken care of. That is the governor of one of the most conservative states saying, if we throw away some money, so what? And this is in Manchin State, and that, to me, gives Manchin some cover to be like, yeah, fuck it. Send out $1,400, send out $2,000, whatever. I just, I don't understand, I guess, what would be the political consideration here that would cause Manchin to say, oh, no, the stimulus needs to be less. The checks need to be less. They need to be means tested because I'm going to stand for re-election in four years and I'm going to have to answer for my position on this. What? Doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, look, I broadly agree. That the you know I do think that there is a one of the elements is of this is the Democrats negotiating themselves when they don't need to. I I think just past the past the you know fine do two thousand don't do fourteen hundred do two thousand that would be it would be fantastic it'd be great. I also just don't understand why everyone is making this into such a big deal. I mean, is this the hill we all want to die on? You know, when there are so many other good things happening. You know, student debt relief. Uh, looks like that that's on the table um you, you know they're going to might be um uh, uh, permanent um uh, family tax not family tax credits actually uh direct payments to families for for child care and child support i think even Mitt Romney introduced a bill that was look quite looked to be quite interesting that you know if the senate can get their act together they might be able to pass something um that's quite generous 
you know, like funding for education. For, there's so many things that the that Biden, um, the Biden administration are doing there are so many things there are so much there's so much money that's going to be going to help uh, families and individuals that are, are suffering um that i think that okay yeah look they you know i can see why there was some confusion but do we do we really need to go do we really need to be joe biden's a liar joe biden's the you know the, and this is i think the susan sarandon that's anyway to go back to my argument with susan sarandon i just th- thought you know is this what you really want to you want to take down biden because of this like you know right when we you know we were in the you know we're right you were just about to get i mean let's get this stimulus passed right it would be a huge boon to the economy if if we get this stimulus passed and that's it's not happened yet you know so we don't know what's going to be in the final pool this isn't a hill i want to die on right like <laughs> I, absolutely not like i said you know when this package came out and we talked about it on this uh on this podcast i didn't say anything about the 1400 because biden he was just coming in and so i didn't want to jump all over but don't you think there's something to be said for progressives with platforms who, by and large, agree with the Biden administration, who, by and large, you know, spend a lot of their time dumping on Republicans and their obstructionism and their craziness and spend most of their time agreeing with Biden? Don't you think there, there's something to be said for picking certain spots and saying, you know what, this thing that the Democratic president is doing is wrong or it's insufficient or they should be doing this instead of that. I mean, and this is like a broader question about, you know, you know, media and and audience capture and all that stuff in general. But we know that our audience wants to hear certain things. They want to hear how like the Democrats are doing a good job and how the Republicans are sucking. But don't you think there is value to occasionally just saying, you know what? Yeah, they kind of screwed this one up and I really wish they would do something different. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a, that's a valid point. Um, I, I think we talked about this before that, that, um, we're in, and I, I, I blame Republicans entirely for this. I blame Republicans entirely for the fact that we would spend, well, at least I've spent so much time defending Democrats um, because they have it, trying to separate fact from fiction and and just ideological rage, right, uh, from, to, from genuine criticism, is quite difficult in the U.S. media. So um, ecology, um, you, you might want to call it that, right? So it's kind of like, you know, and it also happens on the far left as well. The Bernie Sanders left, like the Glenn Greenwalds and the Michael Tracys and the Matt Taibis and these kinds of people, you, you know, their whole shtick is that the Democrats are the biggest, the greatest threat facing, the, the centrist Democrats and moderate liberals are the greatest threat to American democracy and the world. Right, the neoliberals or the corporate stooges, etc. Right, then you've got on the far right, the far right, or well, not even the far right, just your your bog standard Republican is basically saying that you know Obama was a communist and a Muslim, and you know he was a radical Democrat, a radical leftist who wanted to bring socialism to America. Right, and when you're talking, you know, trying to find a valid like there are lots of valid criticisms of Obama, but it's lost in a sea of so much nonsense. That you have to kind of pick through all the, you know, I guess all the lies and all the kind of disinformation that pe- people like uh, like Susan Sarandon spreads. Like, I don't believe that Susan Sarandon is everything she says is loaded. That there's an angle that she's trying to to put forward, 
like every time she tweets about Joe Biden and the and the Democrats. So she's not a reliable source. And, you know, the same with Glenn Greenwald, the same with Matt, nowadays Matt Taibbi. They have ideological access to grind. So it, trying to find your way through this mess is, is difficult. So I think, you know, yeah, like I, I my when I say when you hear something from Susan Sarandon, my immediate response is like, OK, it's probably bullshit. Like what she's saying, it's probably nonsense. Uh, you know, and for good, and for good reason. So, I, but I, you know, I agree that that you have to have smart criticism of like there there are valid criticisms of the Democrats, and perhaps this is might be one of those cases, right? And I think you know there, there's room for for an error there. I mean, when I'm talking about my perception of the stimulus check, I'm being honest about what I thought was happening. I never thought we were going to get two thousand six hundred dollars. I just I didn't think that, so I couldn't understand why everybody was so upset about it. But you've presented a good case. You've presented a very good case, and I can see why it would be confusing. And I think yeah, that that they've they've screwed that one up. It, that that's very that's that's entirely valid. Somewhere between MSNBC and the Matt Taibbi left, there's a spot on that spectrum that's basically the sweet spot. That's it's progressive. It wants to nudge the Democrats in a more progressive direction, but it's not off the rails. Democrats are horrible and irredeemable. All right. I understand Fox News's ratings here in the United States have have taken a hit. They have. They have indeed. Uh, this is an article from The Independent, it's a British newspaper, I might add. So Fox News has fallen into third place amongst U.S. cable current affairs broadcasters, languishing behind CNN and MSNBC in Donald Trump's final months in the White House as conservative viewers deserted the channel. Rupert Murdoch's network suffered its worst month since April 2000, falling into third for total day viewers and overall viewers, according to the latest Nielsen's rating. Whereas CNN averaged 2.49 million weekly total viewers and MSNBC drew 1.93 million, Fox secured just 1.49 million, down 18% year on year. Uh, and this is another, this is an interesting part about the primetime host, right? It also lost out to centrist rivals in the primetime evening slots for the first time since July 1999, as the likes of Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson failed to keep momentum under the president's stolen election narrative, where no evidence materialized to support their claim. And it struggled to find substantial attacks on the incoming Biden administration. So MSNBC's The Rachel Maddow Show was the most watched program in that time slot, averaging 4.2 million, while Hannity fell to 3.1 million and 19% ratings declines on its January 2020 performance. Worse, Fox also came third in attracting audiences in the 50, 25 to 54 age demographic, crucial to securing future advertising commitments, a low it has not hit since two, October 2001. Uh, and the article goes on to say that basically what's happened, um, you know, the Trump has, Trump has um, be- played a big role in this because he's urged all of his supporters to go to Newsmax and One American News Network to take out their revenge on Fox News for apparently throwing the election to Biden. So this is pretty big. This is pretty big news. The ratings have sort of created, I mean, dramatically so. That's that's pretty significant. So, you know, what does Fox News do? You know, do they do they go back and try to get the Trump supporters, all these disaffected Trump supporters, or do they try to morph themselves into? Do they go back and try to move towards the center? Uh, it's an interesting <laughs> question. My my instinct my instinct would be, as always, that they are going to push. They're going to go crazy. But I think that that's becoming harder to do now because of all the lawsuits that are uh, these. The the, more, the crazier the the, the host 
the more likely there are going to be um, lawsuits and advertiser blackouts. So I, I'm not sure where this, where this heads, but nevertheless, it's a positive sign. It's a positive sign that their ratings are down, but as for what their strategy is or would be for, for trying to reverse this trend, they're going crazy. They're going crazy. I mean, so what's the problem? They haven't been crazy enough. Newsmax and One America News, they're crazier. So they're getting, seeing an increase in viewers. Fox News is seeing a decrease. The answer for Fox News is not to go to the center. Right, and we we've already seen that they're they're trying out Maria Bartiromo, one of the foremost election conspiracy theorists on the network. They're trying her out in prime time, Fox um, business host, and now she's going to get a crack at the at the at a regular uh, Fox News prime time show. So we know they're related. Yeah, yeah, we know where this is going. But it's you know, look, I think that it's a positive sign. Right, all this stuff happening uh, for a number of reasons. The primary reason for this being positive is that it's it's basically what's happening is it's splitting the party, right? It's splitting the party in a, in a really quite a sort of almost uh, an irreparable way. I think that you know Trump is it wants his revenge. He's going to the Republican Party now has this terrible choice uh, uh, between you know following kind of QAnon conspiracy theorists, right, which we'll get to in a second, or pulling back t- towards the center like they can't straddle the line um it's it's just it's too difficult to and and if they the more they try to do that uh the worse it gets for them so they're in a they're in a very difficult position and i think that the only thing what that means is that the the other cable news network uh, companies can capitalize on this and really take fox to the cleaners and i think it's going to get it's just going to get harder and harder to to get away with this nonsense um, over time, I think you're going to get more and more uh, advertiser blackouts. I mean, that I think that can be quite effective. And you know, one would hope over time that you would start to see stars like uh, Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity being booted off the network. They'd be too toxic. Uh, they'd be too. They'd be too. Um, I mean, Tucker. I'm amazed that Tucker Carlson uh, is still on air. Like, I don't know how that guy's got away with it. The guy. I mean, he promotes pretty virulent white national on Fox News uh, and gets away with it. I, I, you know, and I just wonder how long that can keep going on for in this post-Trump world. Well, he's number one in ratings on Fox News. So, I mean, obviously it's going to keep going. And, and, and look, it skips back to what we were talking about uh, last week and in the weeks prior. This is still Trump's party. You look at Marjorie Taylor Greene, okay, the, the congresswoman from Georgia's 14th district. Frequent topic on this show. If you want to know where the Republican Party is right now, you look at two votes that happened last week. The first was a secret ballot held by the Republican caucus on whether to strip Liz Cheney of her leadership position because she voted to impeach Donald Trump. She's the number three Republican in the House. She was not stripped of her leadership position, but 61 members of the caucus voted to strip her of her leadership position. Fast forward to the next day, I believe it was, when only 11 Republican members of the House voted to strip Marjorie Taylor Greene of her committee positions. Now, the full House did it. 
11 Republicans joined the Democrats in voting to remove the QAnon congresswoman from her committee positions, including her position on the Education and Labor Committee. But that's where the party is now. And that's where conservative media is going to be for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I just don't. I just think that this is a positive for the Democrats. You know, the the more that this goes on, the crazier these guys get. Uh, I think the more room it gives Democrats to maneuver, and and that's it's you know obviously it's a very troubling trend. It's an incredibly troubling trend, but I think in the sh- in what this means at least for the Democrats, there's an op- there's a there's a real opportunity here to capitalize this and and to drive a wedge in the Republican Party. You know. Um, while there are, you know, there are actors in the Republican Party that are trying to stop this nonsense. I mean, amazingly, even even you've got even Mitch McConnell saying that what Marjorie Green Taylor is is, um, you know, what she's saying is a cancer on the party, uh, which is you know remarkable for. <laughs> I mean, not remarkable. You would you would have thought that most Republicans, I'm sure, behind closed doors, they they're all horrified by this woman. But they they don't really have they can't really do anything at the moment because they're all you know obviously it's the party of Trump now. Um, but I, I think that there are so, there are so many ways that Democrats can capitalize on this. It's, it's, I think it's an absolutely brilliant political opportunity uh, to to basically tie them to this woman to this insane person. I, I agree largely, but so I I have a question. I'm I'm of two minds about this. Like on one hand. It can be beneficial to have batshit Republicans that you can point to, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, and say, that's the Republican Party. And in a lot of cases, if that's the nominee in a certain congressional district or a certain state for Senate or something like that, that's going to be bad for Republicans. On the other hand, Marjorie Taylor Greene made it to Congress because she is – in a very, very red district. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Yeah, on one hand, it's nice to have the crazies to point to and and say, like, that's where the party is. On the other hand, if enough of them... That's where the party is. (laughs) Exactly. Like, if enough of them get elected or if they have enough influence within the party as a whole... Then the party starts it, – it's moving away from the the normal, boring, Bush, Reagan, conservatism and, and into a more dangerous realm. So I, I'm like – I'm conflicted on this. Like, yes, it's good to be able to hold those people up as the face of the party now. On the other hand – they have authoritarian tendencies. They are inclined to believe in conspiracy theories. They're in a, another reality for all intents and purposes. And it's just not healthy to have that as an opposition party. So, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted. I think in the long term, it's incredibly dangerous. It's really, really, it's really worrying. But I think that, again, you know, it depends on what, what can the Democrats do with this? You know, they have to take advantage of this. There is an opportunity to be had here, I think. You know, and, and I think that that um, I, I don't know where this goes. Like, I really don't. I think it's, you know, how does the country basically excise this cancer? You know? And I don't know. It, when you when you have when most of the Republican Party basically will vote to protect 
this insane person, I think that's e- extremely troubling. So it's a problem that the Republican Party is going to have to confront at some point. It's going, if it wants to survive as a, as a, as a unified front, uh, because you're just going to, you, you know, otherwise you, you split the party, um, and it will be it will be irretrievably broken. I mean, it may be irretrievably broken already. I don't know, but that conflict, you know, I think maybe the Democrats' job would be to try to continue sort of exacerbating the tensions by making Republicans vote on on these things, like you know, like they just did. Uh, like they, I think the impeachment trial was going to be good as well, uh, because it's going to make Republicans, you know, let's see what you've, what do you condone a president who basically incited an insurrection. They're not going to impeach him. I think you've, you're going to win this bet. But ultimately, I think it's it's good politics from the Democrats. They have to make these guys go on record. And, and that's how you use the GOP's insanity against them. Yeah, Trump is not going to be convicted. I'm going to get that five bucks. I'm still figuring out what I'm going to do with that five dollars for me. I wish it were I'm, five pounds. It'd be a little more money. Yeah, it'd be about seven dollars there. I mean, what can you do? I mean, the problem is, is that there's not much to there's not much to do at the moment. So you're unfortunately that five dollars is. I mean, I guess you know you could you might be able to get a glass of wine from a takeout place or something. No. Yeah, burrito or half a burrito. Half a burrito, yeah. Just remember where that burrito came from. By the way, I am open to uh, foregoing the five dollars uh, in lieu of you reading a statement that I write for you, <laughs> in which in which you basically say um, how ridiculous it was of you to uh, put any faith or confidence in Mitch McConnell and the Republicans. So, I, so that right. might be something we can talk about if you don't want to fork over the five bucks. Okay, yeah, to, uh, a conversation to be had in the future. I'll, I'll have to see. I have to grapple with my conscience to see whether I can uh, <laughs> to see whether I'd rather pay the money. Um, I did once. I lost a bet once, um, and I had to uh, have a, a a my friend um, had a cartoonist draw a, a cartoon of me in bed with Sarah Palin. Uh, as my profile photo on um, on Facebook for about a month. Um, so yeah, there you go. Oh, okay, all right. When you say in bed with, do you mean just like sleeping next to, or are we talking about something more just, intense? Just sleeping next to. No, no, just sleeping. It was and some Michelle Bachman, myself in the middle of Michelle Bachman and and Sarah Payne. It was pretty funny. Where is this drawing? I don't know. I'll see if I can dig it up, but oh, I, I, may, I may have, uh, I may have, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I may have deleted it. Oh, oh, I hope not, because I think we we just found a logo for the podcast. Oh my! We found God. a new logo for the podcast. <laughs> yes, maybe not. I think that's it. I think that <laughs> on that note, I think it's time to call it a day. Discussing myself in bed with Michelle Backman and uh, Sarah Palin. Uh, but anyway, everybody, thank you very much for listening. Um, please, uh, follow, you can follow myself on Twitter. That's, um, at the daily banter, Mike, what's your Twitter handle, by the way, we should, we need to, um, get on our Twitter, our Twitter following needs to grow. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to do that on the back end of this podcast, (laughs) but Uh, yeah. It's Michael S. Luciano, all one word. So uh, if you've made it this far in the podcast, uh, feel free to give me a follow if you're not already doing so. 
Yes. Also, we're on Instagram now as well. So you can follow at the Banter News on Instagram. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at um, at the Daily Banter, facebook.com backslash Daily Banter. Fuck so, Facebook. Uh, yeah, true <laughs> Facebook. But no, follow us there because we've got a lot of followers on Facebook. So, so there's a good place to follow us. Uh, and also, if you enjoyed the episode, if you'd like to support us, the sort of the banter, you can do so. Um, you get a 50% discount on a banter membership. It really helps out. That's uh, just click the bottom link of this article in your email or on the website at thebanter.substack.com. You can get yourself a 50% discount on a membership and get access to all our premium articles. Uh, be much appreciated. And uh, yeah, stay safe, everybody. Wear a mask. Hope everybody is getting through this god awful pandemic okay. And we'll see you next week.